There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positives or negative. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. Welcome inside edition number 166 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Yes, award-winning if only in my own mind, we're going to have a little fun today and tear it up. Just one guest. It'll be Jazz 88s and Score Norse Manny Hill. We'll get to him in just moments, but you know the drill. Please make sure you rate and review Minnesota Sports Chat, and please make sure you tell your family and friends all about this podcast. And if you're listening via the Score North Taxi Squad feed, I encourage you to please subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can now check out this pod on the YouTube machine. Mr. Manny Hill, any truth to the rumors that I'm hearing that you yourself have just emerged from a darkness retreat? (laughs) I can neither confirm nor deny I think a darkness retreat sounds awful. Like, do, what do I do? Oh, it could be miserable. I couldn't even imagine do we, trying to do something like that. I, I haven't done too much homework, Manny. I really haven't dug deep into what a darkness retreat entails. But from just hearing people talk about them, it sounds like you're literally just sitting in the dark and then they bring you food. Can yeah, you do well, anything? I saw. Or are you I just alone was, with your thoughts? Because that's a scary place to be. Well, I saw when... Our friend Patrick Royce was on with with the boys last week with uh, Judd, Phil, and Declan. Um, they were talking about Rudy Gobert going on his darkness retreat, and Declan put up uh, a picture on the screen on the YouTube yeah. on the YouTube page of of the picture of the the like the little shack or hut or or cave, whatever whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, it looks horrifying. Rudy was in. It, it looks horrible. And then there's like this little chair on this little like little mini patio thing sitting there. And it's like <laughs> seven foot two, you know, 275 pound Rudy Gobert is not sitting in that chair. There's no way. So, yeah, it, it's I, I can't even imagine sitting in the dark for one hour. You know, that, mo- you know, let alone multiple days. Most Minnesotans would say we're in darkness retreats anyways from about mid-November until mid-February, right? So do <laughs> yeah. you, do when you re- the sun sets at like 345 in the afternoon. Do we really need to pay for a darkness retreat? Okay, Manny, here's what we're going to do. The Vikings have OTAs. Shocker, the Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Wild have both exited the playoffs since we last talked. Neither made it out of the first round. Entirely predictable, but still sad. The Twins are in the midst of their season. And, you know, look, there's a lot you can actually talk about with the Minnesota Twins, but we won't spend really any time on them today. But I don't want to say doldrums, but we are kind of in that lull until the Vikings fire up again or it gets a little bit later into the baseball season. So here's what we're going to do today, Manny. We are actually going to do a form of five filler questions. I have five topics. We'll just uh, I'll ask the question. You and I will both answer them and we'll move on to the next. Okay. That works for me. Let's do it. That's what we'll do today. So we'll start here. And this goes all over, but we'll start here. 
Do you have a favorite broadcast duo in the Minneapolis-St. Paul market for our teams? can be anybody. It can be professional. It can be college. Uh, I'll start. I, I can okay. tell you for me, I think I can be persuaded another way. For the longest time, I would have said Bob Kurtz and Tom Reed. I could listen to them broadcast somebody going through a buffet line or ordering at Applebee's. You know, that's how <laughs> that's how entertaining I think they are. And Bob Kurtz always had that soothing radio sound. Even when he stepped in and did some Twins baseball, I thought that was awesome. Segway Twins baseball. I think I'll go with Corey Provis and Dan Gladden. Okay. I think it, it literally is the sound of summer. However, I will say, and and Gladden is good for one of these a week, if not one of these a game, where he does the old swung on, hey, well, left field. Counts now two and one. He doesn't tell you what happened. So apparently it was a <laughs> apparently it was a foul ball deep to left field. You know, or he'll do the other thing. It'll be like, this one's hit deep. 30 seconds of crowd smattering. That's Moncada's 13th home run of the season. It's like, what? He didn't, he didn't tell me anything happened. But I well, do enjoy their back and forth. And I do enjoy the, this sounds bad, but I do kind of enjoy, even with sped up play, I do kind of enjoy the slowness of baseball play-by-play. Yeah, well, it's funny that you bring that up, that, that Gladdy does on occasion, because, you know, Hawk Harrelson used to do that almost routinely whenever the White Sox would lose a game. But he Somebody was would hit on a TV. Walk off. Yeah, he was on TV, and there's one where they're playing the Red Sox at Fenway, and somebody for the Red Sox hits a walk-off home run, and you just you know hear the crack of the bat, and then Hawk goes, that ball hit deep to left field. And then you just hear the crowd, you know, you're watching, you're watching the ball go over the green monster. The crowd erupts. Dead silence from Hawk Harrelson until whoever it was crosses the plate. And then you just hear Hawk go, we'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. In some ways, it's so unprofessional, but it's also hilarious, too. He also had that uh, not famous, I guess maybe mildly famous if you're a Twins fan. He also had that great call when the Twins were putting up a number on the White Sox one day. and Oh, the Maurer Grand yeah, Slam. Yeah, and Joe Maurer yeah. hits a Grand Slam, and he says nothing other than, and it's 16 to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you did hear that right. Joe Maurer did at one point in his Major League career, soon-to-be Hall of Famer Joe Maurer, did hit a home run. Who do you got? I think that was during his MVP season, too, in 09, that that uh, home run that we're talking about. Yeah, I'd have to really dig to find that one to, to confirm that. So I'm going to trust you because you're almost always right. Who do you got, Manny? Who do you enjoy listening or watching in town? I think Provost and Gladden are really good. Um, I think really for the sake, you know, they, uh, these guys are my number one and, and really for the sake of the conversation. I think Michael Grady and Jim Pete are fantastic. And, you know, Dave Benz was the Wolves TV guy for, I think, I think, Ben's made it 10 years um, before before moving on. And, and Michael Grady stepping in that first year. Um, he's, he's fantastic. He's got great pipes. Um, Jim Pete, I think, is one of the best analysts, not just locally in this market, but I think around the country, around the NBA. He's really good and sharp. Um, so I, I'll go with Michael Grady and, and Jim Pete. 
as, as my number one. And if people listen really closely, they might actually think that you're Michael Grady. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, I, yeah. I, I think maybe you have a bit of an affinity for that reason. No, actually, Grady and Peterson were pretty high on my list too. I I yeah. think I naturally just went with who I'm probably a bit more of a fan of. And these days, for some odd reason, it's still the Minnesota Twins, although they're entirely frustrating for many reasons we won't touch on. Let's do this one second. Okay, sticking kind of with the baseball theme. At what point, actually, it's really not a baseball theme, but I have a story that I'll include into this. At what point will it cost too much to go to not even professional sporting events, but even a big-time college football game or just a, a sporting event that you enjoy? And I'll phrase it to you this way. Will it ever cost too much? Because I would say it probably won't. Because the prices are going to keep going up, but you'll look at these stadiums for the most part, Manny, and the plebes are still going. We're all yeah. we're all still going. And here's my story. And I learned this the hard way. And you know what? It's not a bad lesson to learn because I probably didn't need it anyway. I think I brought this up on a pod. If not, sorry if I'm repeating myself. Do you know, Manny, one mango blonde at one of the Target Field concession stands, one mango blonde with either a 10% tip or a $1 tip. It was one Can of I the guess? others. Yeah, Can I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you guess. But I okay. do want people to know I'm mildly anti-tipping at some of these things because, A, I don't know who's actually getting the money. Yeah. B, at a baseball game, it's this sounds bad. I know I'm going to get blowback on this, but I'm prepared to say it. At a baseball game, you're just grabbing the plastic glass and putting the beer in. Mm-hmm. You've barely walked four feet. So how much <laughs> do I really? I came to you, grabbed the drink, and walked away. Do I really need to tip you for that? And in some cases, the the tap is right there in yes, front of the register. It's right, right next to it. <laughs> that's yeah. what you I'm don't even have about. to. In many cases, you don't even have to turn around to pour the beer. The tap is right there in front of you, where either you or I, that's ordering the beer, could basically pour it ourselves. So I learned the hard way when I paid this price that I'll let you guess in a second, but it was good enough for me to go, you know what, from now on when I come back, I only need to go buy the value cheap beer or just get one cheap domestic. I don't need to go pay for uh, this good beer that I really enjoy, but by the way, I could get at least a six-pack, maybe a 12-pack for the same price. Do you want to guess how much I paid for that one singular beer? There's a mango blonde. Yes. It's a great beer. It is really. Thank you, Liftbridge. It is a really good beer. Shout out to Liftbridge. Um, I'm going to say $14. Manny, it was over $17 with a small tip. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. What? I'm dead serious. So that means the beer, I think, must have been $15, and I bet you I did 10% when they asked me to tip. Yeah, And I think the only reason why I justify doing, I th- I'm guessing I did 10%. I don't remember. I was just very shocked when he said the price because so, I'm like, so I barely gave you a tip. <laughs> so they've gone up again. So oh, the, yeah. price, oh, the yeah. price has gone up again because I haven't been to a Twins game yet this year. A domestic Mick Golden or Bud Light is now up to, I think, 14, 15 bucks. My <laughs> yeah, God. Exactly. And that's, 
The ticket prices, I'll give the Twins credit. You can get into the game pretty cheaply, and they do have their value stands, but I I get a little upset when teams get all high and mighty on their value stands. Okay, mm. well, let's, at our value stand, let's actually serve people something that resembles food at the rest of your park. Because yeah. your value stand is just low-level chips and nasty cheese for your nachos. <laughs> your your popcorn is just popcorn. Your popcorn should be value popcorn everywhere. You should yeah. only be charging a couple dollars for that stuff. You're still charging me $5 for a 12-ounce can of Bud Light. And the hot dogs that you're serving, now I know all hot dogs really aren't hot dogs or really aren't meat, but these ones especially are not <laughs> real food for you. <laughs> so don't give me this, oh, we have this great family or affordable whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but you're skimping on that too. So, look, I go to games way too often, but I will yeah. say even myself now does the old, if I can get in and out of Target Field without even giving the poll ads a dime, I will. Remember Other than the when, ticket. Remember last year we went up to Winnipeg and went to that Blue Bombers game and, and the beers were like, you know, what? When you translate the Canadian dollar to U.S., they were less like, than eight bucks. Yeah, it was like seven dollars and eighty cents. <laughs> Best ever. We're moving for, to Canada. For like a Coors Light or something. Yeah. yeah Will right. it ever be too much? Or we're just going to? We are. We're going to continue to pay the prices, right? I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's a breaking point. But what is it? How many other dolts like me are paying seventeen dollars <laughs> for a beer? I guarantee you, more of them are than aren't. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't think the the price is ever going to be too high. I think. What we might start seeing, though, is people like you and I, when we go to these games, we're either gonna go, we're either gonna go to less games and spend more money, or we're gonna go to more games and spend less money on. You know, we're, you're you're almost guaranteed. People like you and I are almost guaranteed to get something from the concessions when we go to a sporting event. It's almost a guarantee. But now it's just kind of like, are you gonna as the prices continue to go up year after year? It seems are you just gonna start being more economical with it? You know, like instead of two beers, do you end up just getting one for the entire ball game? I don't know. It's, some, it's crazy. Some of it's age, Manny, and just having more responsibilities. But there was a time where, heck, in my late teens, I would go to forty home games a year. I'm not joking for the Twins. Then mm-hmm. as I got into my twenties, it was probably. I don't know, somewhere between 20 and 25. Even into my 30s, I was probably doing that much. I think in the last three seasons, some of that is COVID-related, obviously. But I've been to less than 10 games. I think last year I made to Target Field twice. I've already been mm-hmm. out there twice this year. I really do enjoy it. And I'm not really trying to rip the Minnesota Twins. This just this isn't a just a Minnesota Twins issue. Oh, it's but, all over Major League Baseball. It's all over professional sports. These prices are up. But, Manny, it was an eye-popping, eye-bulging moment when the total was, I could go back and look, but it was like $17.17. I could have bought. Amazing. I'm a big grain belt guy, right? I could have bought mm-hmm. an entire case of grain belt for less than that at your local uh, total wine shop. So Amazing. It sounds like you're with me, that we're all just going to continue to go, but we just might change oh, yeah. what we buy. Yeah, I think we'll just be a little bit more rational with it and and just not get as much. And you know, look, some people are some people are in different tax brackets than others and they Absolutely. can afford to do, to, yeah. to, to do those different things, I, but I think you know. I think that's what I try and hammer home Manny is the these games are only getting tougher for the average family of four or middle to lower class family to go to when those are the exact type of people you want at the games. Yeah. 
and we're just making 100%. it more we're just making it more difficult. Okay, we got one that I know we're going to spend a fair amount of time on, and then two that are a lot quicker. So here's what I'm going to do to make sure we cover everything. First and foremost, I got to tell everybody about my friends at Beans Coffee Company, and I truly do mean that. They've been great to me, and I know they've been good to a lot of you who have purchased some of their coffee. It's finally springtime. Heck, it's now starting to feel like borderline summer here in the Twin Cities, which means that Beans Coffee Company pop-up shop, it is back and taking reservations. So make sure you go to coffeebybeans.com. That's coffeebybeans.com. Learn more about the shop and sign up to have it visit you at work, maybe for a special event or a fundraiser. It's a great thing to add and have available to your people to the masses for whatever you're doing and whatever you might need them for. Espresso, drip coffee, so much more. It's available with that pop-up shop at coffeebybeans.com. While you're there, don't forget to shop all their great, wonderful blends for yourself, either by subscription in one- to eight-week intervals or even just by the bag. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT. That's SPORTSCHAT at checkout. You'll save a little bit of cash and be supporting this pod. I appreciate that. And they ship for free on all orders of $35 or more anywhere in the U.S. Coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. Okay, Manny, I'm going to give you some options, but I'm going to play some audio for you here, okay? I think I'll give, I think I'll give you the options, and then I'll play the... Oh, no, screw it. I'm just going to play all these in sequential order. So sit tight for a few seconds, okay? Mm-hmm. With the sixth pick in the 2009 NBA draft... The Minnesota Timberwolves select Johnny Flynn from Syracuse University. With the seventh pick in the 2009 NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors select Stephen Curry from Davidson College. All right, Manny, that was 2009. Let's jump ahead. With the 14th pick in the 2013 NBA draft. This is actually the Wolves pick, by the way. The Utah Jazz select Shabazz Muhammad. With the 15th pick in the 2013 NBA draft. How does he pronounce it? The Milwaukee Bucks. He does a good job. Select Giannis Adetokounmpo from Athens, Greece. He last played for field. He actually struggled more with the word select, by the way. All right, now let's, <laughs> let's, let's jump ahead one more time, Manny Hill. Sure, that was the right team. I don't see him in a half-court offense. With the 40th offense, pick a lot of movement. in the 2014 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Glenn Robinson III wow. from the University of Michigan. Nice pick. Yeah, nice pick considering who is drafted next. With the 41st pick in the 2014 NBA draft, the Denver Nuggets select Jokic? Nikola Jokic from Sombra, Serbia. He last played for Mega Vizura in Serbia. Did you not know that or had you just I forgotten not, that? I never, I never, you know what, Ross, I'd never put that together. I went, I, I never put that together that, that Nikola Jokic went one pick after the Wolves picked. I talked with Doogie uh, last week's pod available in the Minnesota sports chat feed was with Darren Doogie Wolfson from KSTP Sports and Score North. 
And I asked him, did the Wolves, what was their due diligence on Joker? And he didn't really have much for me. And I'm not really putting all this one on the Wolves. I, I'm not. I mean, it just. Yeah, it's it, the second round. It's it, such a, especially back it, then, it was such a crap shoot. No, and it still kind of is to a degree. And we've seen yeah. the Wolves not to that level. But the Wolves have had some success taking guys in the second round, leaving them overseas and then coming over and at least contributing. But the question for you, Manny, is this. Of the three that I just played for you, you can write one Wolves wrong. You can trade Flynn or Rubio for Curry. You can trade Glenn Robinson the third for the Joker. Or you can act Shabazz for the Greek Freak. Which wrong are you writing, Manny Hill? I think the answer here for I think it's pretty easy, but I want to see what you say. Yeah, I I think mo- I think most people would say Steph Curry. Yeah, that's where I'm at, and I I think yeah. for mer- for obvious reasons, I don't think I need to spend much time on it. Other than it, he, the Greek Freak's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, the yeah. Joker Giannis is a Hall of Famer. The Joker probably is going to be too. Probably already is. Yep. Yep. But it, but at this point, Stephen Curry's run has just been longer. And we know it's been mm-hmm. longer and more successful. The other two can still have longer runs just as successful or more successful. But knowing what we know now and even what we probably knew at the time, I think a lot of us thought that, oh, it's kind of dicey that you didn't take Steph Curry. The other two, it's, okay, congratulations, Milwaukee and you or Denver. You made nice picks. But the yeah. Steph Curry one, I think we all kind of, I don't think we knew he would be this good, but I think we all right. kind of knew, wait a second. Even for, if you listen to the elongated Johnny Flynn clip, they talk about, oh, you surprised the Wolves went this route and maybe not, you know, more of a shooter or somebody who can put the ball in the hoop. It's like, oh, it's almost as if they knew. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think the the, the correct answer, I think, for most people is probably Steph Curry. The thing that I will say about Steph, though, is, if you go back and you look at the first few years of his career in Golden State, because remember that was Don Nelson, and then after Nelly Mark Jackson retired, it yeah, it became Mark Jackson. You know, those first couple of years with Steph, you know, Steph had some ankle injuries and some ankle issues. And there was a question that the Warriors front office was having about, you know, choosing between him and Monte Ellis because there was that belief that those two guys sort of under two undersized two guards, although Steph was more of a point guard, um, you know, they can't really play well together. There's good. You know, the defense isn't going to be strong. We got to pick between those two guys. Um, and that's why Steph's first contract after his rookie deal was up was so cheap where he was making, I think like 13 or $14 million a year because they were concerned about his injuries. And so he got a very team-friendly deal, which then allowed them to, a few years later, sign Kevin Durant in 2016. And we know the rest is history with that. So I I say that to say, like, yeah, I think Steph ultimately either way was going to be a good player, but you just kind of wonder if the Wolves, with Steph and his ankle issues, and Kurt Rambis being the Wolves coach at the time, and David Kahn running the front office at the time, you got to kind of wonder, like, how would the Wolves have messed that up? Because you kind of figured they would have found a way to screw that up. Whereas whereas Giannis going in uh, 2013, that was flip. And, you know, Jokic going in 2014, that was flip as well. So, I don't know. It's interesting. But I think ultimately with all of that said, 
I think Steph is still probably the right answer. Bonus question for you. In the next five years, whose ankle is more likely to fall off, Steph Curry or Carlos Correa's? <laughs> well, probably Carlos Correa because Steph really hasn't. Since the, the Warriors found that, you know, special shoe for Steph to wear, Steph really's never really had any ankle issues. I, I think what we need to do is we need to get Carlos Cur- He probably can't wear the special shoe while he's playing baseball. That might make it a little awkward with one one cleat, one special shoe. But maybe Correa <laughs> just needs the special shoe anytime he's not playing baseball. Yeah, maybe. Just yeah, just wear this, Carlos. Just wear this whenever you're not on the field. Two more for you, and they're not nearly as in depth. We have pretty much everything in this town, and I mean that. Five major league sports teams, two colleges competing at mostly D1 levels, a rock star WNBA franchise, at least historically, a women's soccer team that almost won a championship in year one, a women's professional hockey team that has won a championship. Manny, we have everything, but we are missing a couple things. You know, maybe a big-time horse race, but you can't really add anything to the Triple Crown. If it's not the Triple Crown, nobody really cares, so that's out. So I ask you this. Oh, we even have the 3M Open, and apparently majors, or not apparently, about every 10 years we get a major. So we have that. Mm -hmm. So my question for you, and I do believe at some point we'll get both in this town, but what do you want first, a big NASCAR Indy race or a big-time tennis tournament? And when I say big time tennis tournament, it's probably the equivalent of the 3M Open, right? Like there yeah. might there might be a big name here and there, but it's probably going to be a bunch of backfill guys. What do you want first, the tennis tournament or NASCAR? I vote NASCAR for whatever it's worth. But, yeah, I but big time like, tennis is so fun. Well, see here, and here's the thing: I'm I'm a you know I'm kind of a lukewarm NASCAR person. I think you might even be more of a NASCAR person than I am. I like the event of NASCAR. Yeah, see, and that that's kind of what I was going to get at because I feel like the NASCAR event might, from an economical standpoint, might be better. But I'm kind of a tennis nerd, and I feel like, basically to sum it up, I, I feel like if the NASCAR event was here, I probably wouldn't go. But if the tennis event was here, I would I would try and find a way to go to that because I'm just kind of a tennis nerd anyway. I'll be this guy. I'll say it. Sorry, uh, ladies that listen to Minnesota Sports Chat. I think the eye candy at both would be very nice. You know, I th- I think I would, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. going to be summertime either way, right? Mm-hmm. A tennis tournament's only going to be here in June, July, or August, right? NASCAR could probably only be here in July and August. There's, there's only so many windows for them to come here in their eight month long schedule. Yeah. With our luck though, wouldn't it, if, no matter which event it would be, yeah, it would, just it would be rain like, like rain. hell. Yeah, yeah, it would rain for like four <laughs> days straight. <laughs> it would rain. Just rain. Like, that's just how it works here. Rain like a son of a gun. Yeah, I think the NASCAR thing to me, I've always enjoyed NASCAR from the standpoint of the event. I would really love to go to any race and just spend seven hours in the sun having a few adult pops watching cars go around in a circle. Same with IndyCar. And I, I love the strategy of a race. But I don't love watching all the race. You know, I always tell my friends who want to know more about NASCAR why I pay attention to it. I always make the baseball analogy that each NASCAR race is like a baseball season. Mm -hmm. They spend the first 80% of the race just trying to position and be ready to win it in the last 10 to 20%, right? That's what a lot of Major League Baseball teams do. That's 
why I'm not super stressed about the Twins right now, but again, I'm still highly annoyed. I think we'll get there probably in you know another future edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. Last <laughs> one for you, and then we'll be done with this edition, Manny. Who makes better mini donuts? Is it the Target Field stand, the XL Energy Center stand, or is there another venue in town that makes better mini donuts that I don't know about? And I pose this question because you love mini donuts. Mm-hmm. I like to eat them, but I can only have one or two because I'm diabetic. So typically somebody will get the bag and I'll have one or two of them. So I, I'm not super invested in it like you are, but I do know you love your mini donuts. So who makes the best? Hands down by far and away, XL Energy Center. And it just Every it time, smells when you walk in the door too. <laughs> yep. As soon as you walk in, you hear the you hear the puck going up against the against the boards. You hear the blades of the skates you know, slushing up the ice and you smell the mini donuts, man. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say, and you hear Manny's shoes clankering on the ground as he's running towards the, <laughs> the, the mini, the mini donut stand. Yeah. They're very good at target field as well. The line um, at target field is always atrociously long. Though. Well, how, see, how, and have, that's, how have they not put another stand somewhere at this point? Right. Because, well, last year, you know, I had season tickets last year and they were, you know, I was in third deck behind home plate. Well, the mini donut stand is in right center field. And so <laughs> if I wanted mini donuts, I had to go all the way down and then walk all the way along. I would usually go along the first baseline and go around that way into right center field and then stand in line for like another 10, 15 minutes. Well, there is good news, though, this year, Manny, at least with the 2023 Minnesota Twins. If you have to spend three innings in line getting mini donuts, you know they probably haven't given up a run, but they also haven't gotten a hit themselves. Yeah. So, and if they've got, and if they've gotten the bases loaded, we know they certainly oh have not goodness. gotten a hit. Oh. Yeah. How do you not just close your eyes, swing the bat, hit the ball, and occasionally get a base hit with the bases loaded? Just, just luck into it. Remember the old days when they would have the bases low with nobody out, and they'd ground into a double play, and we would all be upset. Mm-hmm. I would be ecstatic if that's what they were doing now. <laughs> I mean, just get a run. Come on. I know. Manny, I know. that's all I got for you. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this again. Thanks for fulfilling the Manny quota. Always a pleasure, my friend. You know I enjoy this. We'll be back. Uh, Manny will be back on the pod sometime in June for the Manny quota. I will be back hopefully next week. I'm taking a long uh, Memorial Day weekend, so maybe it'll be a little bit later next week that a new pod will drop but i do appreciate you listening telling your family and friends consuming this pod i really do thank you so much thanks to mr manny hill check out his work with jazz 88 score north find him manny hill at manny hill 84 still on twitter yes sir perfect and i am at the ross brendel now on the twitter machine and i am ross brendel saying thank you so much for listening i'll be back again next week